Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle, along with my co-host, Rachel Santizo. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. It's early in the morning, so we're, we're both early. fresh and ready to go. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're, we're doing something. This is a podcast dealing with addiction and recovery, and we're doing something a little different, both format-wise and topic-wise, than, yes. than we normally do. May is... Mental Health Awareness Month, mm-hmm. uh, and whenever you watch this, you may watch it in June or September, but it's always Mental Health Awareness. But but the, but May is officially Mental Health Awareness Month, and our two guests are on Zoom today. Uh, we have Rachel Devine, who is the Workforce Development Specialist with the Primary Care and Rural Health Office at Utah's Department of Health and Human Services. Well said. And obviously I had to write that <laughs> down because that's a, a long tit- title. Uh, welcome, Rachel. Thank it's you. Good, it's good to have you here. And our other guest, who we can't see today, uh, is Dr. Renee Baez, who is a psychiatrist at Davis Behavioral Health. And uh, he works with acutely suicidal, I'm reading here, so it's not my, I'm not brilliant, okay? You're doing great. With acutely suicidal <laughs> children and adults and, and uh, arranges crucial community support for his patients. Uh, and one of the reasons we have him here is because he is the recipient of something we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. So getting into this, Think about, usually we talk to people who are in recovery, how they right. got, why they wanted to uh, seek recovery, uh, what their life was like before. Mm-hmm. And think about this for a minute. If you were, and you and I are both in recovery, yes. if we wanted help and we couldn't get it, <laughs> where would we be today? Dead, most Dead, likely. Or, or in, in jail or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And one of the problems that we haven't ever talked about in our podcasts is getting qualified people mm-hmm. to work at treatment centers. Right. You know, Odyssey House, it, it, it's a problem uh, nationwide and certainly here in Utah and trying to persuade people to enter this profession because yeah. if you don't have people working with people in recovery, then there is there, no there, recovery. There is no recovery, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And, and, and so... Uh, Rachel, maybe you could you could describe what you guys are working on and what the need is. Uh, did I describe that okay? If there aren't yeah. if there aren't workers, you, <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to describe the need, um, nearly all Utahns live in an area where there is a health professional shortage. So what that means is that there are just not enough behavioral health providers to meet the needs of that population. Um, And so what we're working to do is create incentives for medical providers, behavioral health providers, dental providers um, to meet those needs, to go to those populations. Um, So we look at underserved areas, we look at rural communities throughout Utah, and we provide assistance with paying back student loans So if you're going into school for um, a behavioral health specialty, if you're looking at becoming a therapist, there are options to get those loans paid back and um, in doing so also serve the communities that have the highest needs. And and you you talked about uh, three million people. I mean, that's that's almost our entire state. 
you know, where, where are the areas, is it rural areas primarily that are so underserved? It's pretty significant in rural communities throughout Utah. It's also significant right here in Salt Lake City. Um, it, it really, uh, you can look at it from, you know, the perspective of geography. If you live in an area where it's just really far to get to the nearest clinic or see a therapist. Um, you can also look at, you know, uh, providers that are able to meet your needs as an individual. So um, if you have a language barrier, it can be really challenging to find someone who can provide culturally competent care. And, and Dr. Vias, uh, is he does so much good work at Davis Behavioral Health, and and reason and the reason we wanted to talk to you, Dr. Vias, is because you were a recipient of a primary care and rural health loan repayment program grant. How did that How did that work for you? You know that, that's that's working pretty well. It, I, I graduated uh, uh, medical school in in two thousand two, so since then I've been looking for for programs that that uh that would help me pay off my my debt um on the average uh a medical student has about 200 to 300,000 in um in in student debt whoa yeah that's a lot <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, it makes for a pretty healthy uh, down payment on a home <laughs> but um uh, but that that's just the reality and uh and and unfortunately you know a lot of times it, it it's the finances it's the economic piece that influences people's decisions to, to do A, B, or C. And, and I knew that um, before I started medical school, and it says this on the, first, the very first line of my medical school application, that I wanted to serve the underserved community. And underserved means different things to different people, but underserved could be economic, it could be uh, cultural, it could be gender, it could be... Um, uh, a lot of different, a lot of different ways, and and in in my in in my, uh, uh, in, in my view, what, what I wanted to to do is, is serve the the underserved uh, Latino population. I'm, I'm bicultural, I'm bilingual, um, and uh, and that was the population I I wanted to serve. So so with with that said, I I wanted to to find the best fit for 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 what my goals were. Um, in, uh, in in deciding a, a career, and and after choosing uh, to get involved in in, in mental health, I uh, chose to work in in the community mental health field. And and I, I think if we're honest, uh, uh, choosing that field with a with a, a debt load that you were that you were facing. The, the career you've chosen does not pay as well as, say, a, a, a specialist doctor, say, almost any specialty. I, I mean, our, our field of mental health, the, the salaries are not the same as they are for other, uh, for other doctors, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Unless you're, you're removing something from the body or repairing it, the, uh, the reimbursement's not, not very good. Uh, we we, we kind of have a joke in, in medicine that that uh, insurances uh, insurance they they really don't don't pay for people to think they pay for more people to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty good 
that's a that's a pretty good saying. So so you're looking at a massive debt. You're looking at a profession that doesn't pay as well as some of the other people who have gone through medical school uh, and have the same kind of debt you have. So so how did this how did this program how does this program specifically work for you? Yeah. So that, so this program. So so I, I I've been um, paying off my my debt ever since I I. Uh, I graduated from from medical school in and in, uh, in in 2002. So it, it's it's been um, for a while. And as I as I mentioned before, uh, I've been looking for different programs to uh, to try to help you know facilitate this this loan re, uh, repayment. And and also, what's even more important is is something that that would allow me to to work in the capacity that I wanted to work, such as uh, uh, being a, a community uh, mental health. Uh, professional, so um, so with this program, it's I, it's slowly uh, paying off. It's helping me paying off some of the uh, the debt that I still still have. Um, I thought I would I would uh, still be in my seventies before I finally finished off paying medical school loans. So uh, this is going to allow me to to pay that off just just a little bit sooner than that, which is nice because I think you know it's probably important to pay off loans before people retire. <laughs> yeah, applying your social security to the loan you had from when you're in your 20s. <laughs> Jeez. I think I have a question for Rachel. Um, what about what is behavioral health? What all does it encompass? If somebody's going to school and interested, um, can you describe exactly what that encompasses? Yeah, so we offer financial assistance and um, paying back student loans for a wide range of uh, behavioral health providers. We even include peer support specialists. Um, so peer support specialists can get a small award of $750 to help pay back their student loans. Or if they had to take out a loan in order to become certified as a peer support specialist, that's really what that is for, is to, um, to balance that out. We look at therapists, CSWs, LCSWs, psychiatrists, really a wide range of, of individuals who can work in the field. And um, we actually really have the legislature to thank for that. So um, back in 2021, they issued a $2 million investment in loan repayment for behavioral health providers. And when you think about it, I mean, we were uh, in the middle of COVID, I think that more people than ever were experiencing um, mental health challenges, um, having mental illness come to the forefront um, because of the loss of control that came with the pandemic and the grief that came with it as well. And so that influx of funding has been a huge support. We've had a big jump in people participating in these loan repayment programs in the mental health field. Um, which I'm I'm really grateful to see. Well, um, Odyssey, Odyssey House is grateful as well. We yeah. we point out those benefits too as we try to attract people to work in our program, and we're not alone. I mean, every every behavioral health provider is is letting people know that these programs exist, so that we can we can fill. We we all have so many open positions still. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there is still a very high need, which is why it's so important that we continue to incentivize those opportunities and make it so that, you know, it makes sense for people to pursue that career path. Dr. Dr. Baez, uh, I don't think when people think of behavioral health treatment, 
they don't think about the fact that you need a staff there for the program to work. I mean, that's, that's so critical, a high, you know, a well-trained staff, uh, yet there's a shortage everywhere. I, yes, I, I agree. Mental health is unique because there's so many there's so many players in mental health. It, it's not it's just not the nurses, the doctors, the therapists. There's a lot of people in between that are just as vital to to the management of of, of folks. Uh, you know, we we, you know, we caseworkers are huge. They they do the heavy lifting. Um, there's uh, gosh, so many players. I I just can't think offhand. You know, just to name um, all of them, but. Uh, but anyways, it's it's a it's a really multifactorial type of type of treatment that that uh, mental health provides. So um, the nice thing about mental health is that we're able to to all work together, um, and, um, and and work in the best interest for, for the folks. So you have people navigating uh, not only the medication side, such as myself, but you have people navigating the um, uh, the um, like uh, vocational re rehabilitation, um, the uh, um, housing, and uh, and other other financial services, and then the the therapy piece, and and if it's um, if we're talking about young kids, there's also that huge academic piece that's that's just as important as well. So you have a bunch of different players that that uh, are working together, and and it's important to have a very competent and, and compassionate individuals that that are just as passionate as as the next to to work with these with work with these individuals and and that's what these programs do is that they they keep these individuals in the game to be able to to provide the best care that that we can the um the private sector uh they they offer definitely more more compensation but with these with these loans, these these loan repayment programs, it it kind of helps level the field to where it really keeps these individuals doing what they really in, want to do and have always had passion to do. On that note, from both of your perspectives, what is the importance of this of your talk of this topic to the community and yourselves? Why are you here today and why are you advocating for it? Well, for me, I'm here because I care so much about the mental health of our communities and I've seen so much suffering. I think that the stigma is real. I think that a lot of people wait a very long time to seek mental health care. Um, and then imagine that you finally, you know, you've you've taken the steps to where you're interested in receiving the care that you so desperately need, and then it takes months to get a session with a medical provider, with a behavioral health specialist. Um, that's really disheartening. And so I'm here because I really want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to ease that burden, to make it easier for people to step into the medical field, to step into the behavioral health field, and to really heal our populations and give them the support that they need to care for their families, to take care of themselves, to thrive. Um, that's such a big part of it. And I think that for, you know, anyone who's listening, I know that your podcast attracts a lot of people who are peer support specialists who are, you know, in recovery. And if anyone is looking for those options to go back to school, to take what they've learned from recovery, um, and, and apply it in a meaningful way as a career, 
um, that lived experience is incredibly valuable and there's support on the back end after coming out of school to give back to those same communities that help support you um, and reward you for that. Thank you. And I love your name too, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel and Rachel. (laughs) Dr. Baez, do you have some thoughts on what Rachel asked? Yeah, yeah, I I do. And and my, my message is do what you enjoy, do what you have passion for, because in the long term, it, it's going to make you feel the most fulfilled and it's going to really prevent burnout. Um, there's a lot of individuals out there that that are are doing things for different reasons, and it may not be um, the, the best fit for them. And and after a while, they, they burn out. They're not happy. Um, I'll tell you right now, every morning I wake up really, really excited to go to work and to work with with the uh, the Davis uh, community the Davis County community and, and I love I love serving and I, and I love uh, I love being there for them and another um, message that I have is there is help on the way you know thank you to all the legislators thank you to Davis uh, behavioral health for allowing me this opportunity uh, to, to sit where I'm sitting and, and be here um, and, and to be available but there is help on the way so if you do decide on on a career that may not um, uh, may not reimburse you the way that other um, uh, other careers may. There is help on the way to help with with loan repayment, and hopefully, this is just the, uh, the the tip of the iceberg, because there's so much need out there, and 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 the community ultimately benefits. It it, it benefits in functionality, and it functions. Um, much better in, the, in that capacity with with all these services available. The uh, of course, the the problem is that all of us consider careers uh, that interest us and that we want to do, but we also consider the fact that we have to pay bills, mm-hmm. uh, which and, and it's sort of difficult because really the mental health field, as you said, uh, Doctor Baez, the, it 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 doesn't pay the same as, as many other professions pay, which I think is, I think is outrageous because if, if, if there are, there's so much focus right now on, on, on mental health, you know, teen suicide ideation and drugs. And I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem for society. And, and I agree that it's good the legislature has put some money towards this, but I don't think we've gotten far enough to, to make working in, in the mental health field, attractive to people. Thoughts? I, I, I agree. I, I agree. And, and especially with, you know, with that said, um, unfortunately, we went through a pandemic and the numbers are going are, are gonna to be through the roof. So we're, we're just barely starting to see some of the ramifications of, of, of COVID and, and those, you know, two plus years of isolation, social isolation. And, uh, and developmentally, we're all behind but more than more than two years, so we're starting to see the numbers going up, and and uh, and for those of us that are in the trenches, you know, our our, our social workers, our, our 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 peer support specialists, our our nurses, our our physicians, I mean, we're 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 starting to see these numbers creeping up, and uh, and the more help that we we can get, the better off the community will be, especially in the long run, yeah. Okay. Um. 
You brought up a, a good point about burnout. So I would love to know what do you do to prevent burnout? Because <laughs> it's, it's huge in our profession. And so just a little, a little positive advice. Well, you know, um, community mental health is, is it, it, really, it really gives so much back to me. Every day I, I, I count my blessings. Every, every day I look at what I have rather than what I don't just by working with the individuals that I, that I work with. You know, unfortunately, <clears throat> um, not everybody has, not everybody is, is, uh, has a fair, a fair hand, if, if you will. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, barriers, uh, um, economic barriers, cultural barriers. I, I get um, families coming in, uh, you know, grandparents bringing in their, their, their grandchildren and, and, and foster parents bringing in kids and, and, and adults that, that uh, were raised in, in single parent homes or, or um, with, with state support. Or, so we, we, we get a lot of, a lot of different um, uh, circumstances here. Um, and uh, so working with these individuals really reminds me um, what I'm, I'm, I'm most grateful for. And, and these individuals and their stories keep me grounded and very, very thankful. And that really, really fuels my passion for what I do and, and just knowing just how, how lucky I am just to, to be able to serve in, in this capacity. Well, we're, we're thankful to have you serving in that capacity. <laughs> right. uh, we want to get into some nuts and bolts. So, Rachel, can you tell us how, I mean, you have these programs. How do people connect to the program? Because you brought up something really really good that hits home for us at Odyssey is, uh, uh, and you've experienced this too, Rachel, mm -hmm. is people who go through recovery and are happy that they're in recovery yeah. want to give back and do things like become a peer support mm -hmm. specialist. So how, how do people follow up on this? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking that, Randall. So you can go to our website, ruralhealth.health.utah.gov, and uh, you'll find our programs listed there. So we have several different loan repayment options. Um, I highly recommend checking out the Healthcare Workforce Financial Assistance Program. That's the program that um, really appeals to the widest variety of mental health therapists and specialists. Um, we also have the National Health Service Corps, which is a federal program. They also facilitate loan repayment for LCSWs and other health, health specialists. Um, if you're just coming out of school and you're not quite sure where to start, you know, we also have a list of clinics and hospitals and organizations that have been longtime participants in these loan repayment programs and support their employees receiving these benefits. So I definitely recommend that, you know, talking to your employer to see if they would be willing to participate if they haven't already signed up. Um, there's a great resource called 3RNet that can give you some um, ideas about the jobs that are already out there. Um, employers can post on 3Rnet and it's really geared towards um, rural retention of medical providers and behavioral health providers. So those are some great ways to start out. So again, that's ruralhealth.health.utah.gov. We, uh, and, and we're one of the employers, Odyssey Houses uh, have signed up for the programs and our, our HR department regularly sends out emails to the staff, mm -hmm. you know, talking about it. Uh, and 
I don't know how many people have participated, but uh, you know, but it seems to our 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 need to hire people is it, it's still great, but it's not as great as it as it was say a year ago. So mm-hmm. I, so it must be working. Yeah, it definitely helps a lot of providers just have that, and a, a lot of clinics and hospitals and sites have that added incentive that brings people in not only from, you know, locally, local colleges, but also from out of state. I've had many people call me um, and they're out of state and they're looking at these opportunities in Utah, wondering about who is accepting um, positions. So yeah, it does, it does help quite a bit. Yeah, we, we, we love people from all over coming to our <laughs> state to help us, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, uh, I, you know, I, I really appreciate what you're doing, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think it does make a difference, and it shows, like, like you work for the Department of Health and Human Services, and it shows that you're, you're forward thinking, yeah. uh, you know, that you're not just thinking about right now, you're thinking about the future, too. Yeah, I mean, some of our innovations are surrounding around empathy and innovation, those kinds of things. And so I really try and integrate those concepts into the way that I'm thinking about administering these programs and making recommendations for improving them. Um, I also wanted to share, you know, we have some great resources on our blog right now. So um, if you're looking for tips, uh, so employees can, employers can support their employee mental health. Um, by using some key tips that we've posted on our blog. So creating a culture of care, um, getting involved in the community and utilizing resources. One of the great things about Mental Health Awareness Month is there's a lot of organizations that put on a lot of events just to put these kinds of ideas at the forefront of people's minds. Um, DHHS, uh, the System of Care Office, is actually holding a couple of walks um, on May 20th. So that's at Salt Lake as well as in North Price. And it's a um, walk to support teen mental health. So that's a great option to just learn more about local resources for mental health teens. Um, I also just wanna mention that if anyone is looking for um, options for substance abuse or mental health, um, there's the Office of Substance Use and Mental Health that provides a lot of different types of resources. And again, these are all listed on our blog um, as resources for Mental Health Awareness Month. And Dr. Baez, what kind of message would you like to get out to the general public for Mental Health Awareness Month? Yeah, good question. So a lot of us you know, struggle with, with mental health issues, and it's estimated that one in five adults um, do have and, and live with a mental health um, issue. And, and it comes down to functional impairment. If you feel like you're functionally impaired, by your mental health issues, whether it's depression, anxiety, sleep, um, substance abuse, uh, ADHD, ADD, uh, you know, what, what, whatever, what, whatever, um, whatever's going on, don't be too proud to, to, to reach out for help, ask for help. It's, it's important that, that you take care of yourself before you can take, a, take care of other people. And I'm speaking more to, you know, moms and dads and, and caregivers out there, grandparents, you know, foster parents and, and all those individuals out there. It, it's, it's important that, that we really, really, uh, you know, take care of ourselves. That way we can take care of others. And uh, so, you know, please reach out, ask for help, and, um, and don't be uh, too proud and let pride get in that, that way. <laughs> 
I, 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 a lot of people, which makes sense what you said, but let's say I have identified that I have one of the issues you just mentioned and I want to reach out. How do I reach out? I hear a lot of people expressing frustration. I don't know where to go. Yeah, so there, there, there's several web websites, you know, the, the uh, Huntsman Mental Health Institute, um, you know, they, they offer wonderful care and they, they have a bunch of uh, a lot of links on, on, on their websites for, for, for where to go and, and, and what's available. Um, and that, that, would, that would be a good place to, to start. But, um, you know, maybe, you know, Rachel, I don't know, maybe you have other, other um, you know, links as well. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I highly, I mean, I highly recommend um, just doing a quick Google search for peer support specialists in your area. Oftentimes they have um, a really good beat on options as well as identifying what your challenges might be and how you can um, find resources. It can also be really challenging to take those steps to find the provider that's right for you and they can really help support you through that and keep it moving. Um, especially if you're encountering depression or executive dysfunction, just really finding an ally to help you can help, you know, reach that point of actually scheduling with a therapist, getting in, seeing if it's a good fit. Um, it might be that the first therapist that you go and see isn't right for you, right? Like you want to find someone that you can really connect with. And so I think that taking those steps to have an ally to support you in finding the right fit can be really helpful. Um, I'd say that, you know, there's a lot of different organizations that specialize in that. Um, NAMI Utah is a great one. They have offices all throughout the, the state that can help um, support you. I'd say that Connect Summit County up in Summit County has peer support specialists. Um, Latino Behavioral Health Services has a really robust peer support specialist group. And so they can be a really good doorway to connect you with what is going to be most helpful. We are out of time, so we want to thank, see, 30 minutes passes quickly, doesn't it? So we want to it thank does. Rachel Devine and Dr. Renee Baez for joining us today during Mental Health Awareness Month I know. With, with some good tips. That was great, so yeah. thank you for that. I also want to mention 988 as a resource. Sure, sure. Yeah. If, you're, if you have any thoughts Crisis of suicide or, or anything, anything like yeah. that. So... Uh, and, and, you know, our whole point is if, if you want to get into the profession, please do because right. we need you. Uh, and if you're not there in the profession to, to serve people who have identified they have issues right. that want to deal with, then nobody's accomplishing anything. So That's it's right. really important. So we're glad you watched and listened to another edition of Odyssey House Journal. <laughs>